High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Half an hour, I'll be getting tips on how to protect your home from burglars, but right now, one of the great burglars of the airwaves, Michael Graham, joins me from Washington, D.C. Michael, welcome. Congratulations on your new time and your new day, and, and undoubtedly a whole new group of people who will be hearing your dulcet tones for the first time. Another group of fine Irish people to drive away from their radio, George. Thank you so much. Well, are you all getting set up for Friday? Either way, you drag me out of bed at some ridiculous hour to do this, so I hope you're happy. All right. Hello? Well, well, tell me about Friday. Oh, Friday. Uh, Well, we're going to have our inauguration here. We do it every four years to celebrate the peaceful transfer of power through the democratic process. At least that's what some of us do. Other people scream and yell and protest. And uh, about a fifth of all the Democrats in the uh, House of Representatives are refusing to show up because they don't like how people voted. And so they refuse to play ball. And I just, I'm just curious, would that ever happen in Ireland? Is there a comparable situation where, you know, where a party or party coalition took power or where someone was elected president? I mean, obviously I'm not a big fan of, Michael D. for all kinds of reasons, separate from his uh, paleo socialism that's been, you know, uh, proven economically idiotic for 50 years now. But I, I would, if I were invited to the ceremony for the, you know, to whatever swear in the president of Ireland, I'd go. What, what I tell you, we have a phenomenal, something I'm very proud of, we have a phenomenal uh, record of peaceful transition of power. Like in the 1930s, um, De Valera and Fianna Fáil boycotted um, Dolairn and, and they came back and came back in power. And like everybody was convinced they'd be coming back with Colt 45s in their pockets. <laughs> and we were, we we did it. And and also like our, our police force and our army has been loyal to to the gov- whatever government is in power all through that period and uh, I think we're you know we, we had a government and we had a civil war and yet they all turned up before admittedly the civil war uh, when again people thought there'd be guns in the parliament and there weren't we are very good on it you're a disgrace on it as a well, we nation in the past I mean this is all relatively new uh, it started in 2000 when you had the George W. Bush Bush Al Gore election, where Al Gore narrowly won the popular vote, but George Bush won the electoral vote. And a handful of people, including Congressman John Lewis, refused to attend the inauguration, all of them Democrats. When Barack Obama was elected in 2009, there were a lot of people who thought he was way too left for the United States. A lot of people were bothered by his uh, 20 years spent in a racist, anti-Semitic, anti-American church. Um, but every Republican, as far as I can, you know, I, I Googled today and couldn't find a record uh, that any Republican boycotted. But here we are again, and now a fifth of the Democrats aren't going to show up, and they're saying that he's not really the president, and they've announced that he should not be able to govern. And in other words, they want to overturn the uh, results of the election. And the hilarious part, George, is that they claim they're fighting fascism. By going into the streets to stop an elected official from taking office. I, I think they need to get a thesaurus or a dictionary or something. But that it, Rosie O'Donnell and Merle Streep and uh, the rest <laughs> of them actually trying to stop 
people coming into Washington DC by, by blocking the roads or blocking, blocking the, the understandable, uh, security barriers that'll be set up for people to go in because I've, I've been at inaugurations. This is outrageous. And, uh, I, I can't believe that. Uh, I mean, some multi-millionaire S over in Hollywood, what's she going to do for unemployed auto workers in Detroit? Uh, you're right, and but I want to be clear about something. They're not the ones shutting things down. They're just saying to everybody, uh, you can't you, uh, you can't let Donald Trump you know be president, be acknowledged as president. And so you know, we have this inauguration every year. It's usually a party. There's usually bands and musicians and blah blah blah. Well, this year, what's happening is that a musician gets a notice that they've been invited to perform at the inauguration and they announce they're planning on going like uh, this uh, woman singer, Jennifer holiday. She tweets out, I can't go. I'm getting death threats. <laughs> do you know who, do you know who Andrea Bocelli is? Oh, very well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's the, only a heathen like you wouldn't know, but go oh, on. no, 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 no. I'm familiar with his, I, I'm familiar with the singing. I'm, I, I'm just afraid I'm, I'm right. mispronouncing his Andrea name. Bocelli. Yeah, you did well. I, mean, I, I look, look, I'm, I, I'm a huge opera fan. I sang crappily as a tenor in uh, college. The, the blind opera guy got death threats. <laughs> no, but hold on. Well. I get oh, death threats. I get yes, death threats. I mean, death threat. nobody okay. pays a blind bit of attention according, to some loony sending you a text. According, according to him, he received threats, including death threats. And the Meryl Streeps of the world didn't threaten to kill him, but they all said, don't go. Shame on you. How dare you go? Now, my plan, George, is if I were the Trump people, I would tell i would bring him and have him sing i just wouldn't tell him where he was you know i'd tell him okay you're at the state you're at the county fair in otumwa iowa because what's well, he's not going to know he's blind so that would be my no, but, uh, no that's crass that's crass but let's kids stay serious it, it, like i met congressman john lewis who was a black civil rights veteran walked with uh, martin luther king was a uh, baton charged by white cops was was bitten by white cops, dogs. Um, it's an amazing man. But he is wrong to suggest that Donald Trump isn't legitimate. Donald Trump is legitimate. I mean, Mike in Dublin says, you know, let's be honest, you cannot in all seriousness accept the U.S. election results. It makes a mockery, a mockery, a mockery of democracy. That's unbelievable crap. He, I can't believe he wrote that. Well, uh, there are a lot of people who are saying that. And once again, this is not new for the left. When people in Ireland wonder, how is it that Donald Trump can win? How is it that Donald Trump has supporters? It's because of the insulting arrogance or borderline insanity of the progressive left in the United States. And you know, I was listening to your conversation earlier with the therapist about the state of young people. Uh, the immaturity they have about their lifestyle, the immaturity they have about their uh, uh, you know, personal economics – extends to their politics and their knowledge of economic, social policy, et cetera. They, they are as naive and ignorant about self-government as a, as a polity, as a you know, group of citizens, as they are about self-government as themselves. And so they act so juvenile, so childish. And we've told the stories over the summer, George, of the schools that were shut down because someone wrote the word Trump with a piece of chalk and on and on and on. And so that's this is how Trump wins. A typical American watches these Hollywood people threatening each other over daring to sing a song at a presidential inauguration, not at a Trump party, not at Trump Tower, but on the steps of our Capitol bill of building 
and they just go, and you know, if that's who you are, then forget you. And that's the divide you're seeing more and more in America today. Uh, but about Friday, um, mm-hmm. it, it's going to happen. No matter how hard these people try, you're going to have a million people there at it, aren't you? No matter how how the critics or the naysayers try, you're going to have a million people at an o- inauguration, aren't you? Uh, the, the number of that I heard yesterday was 900,000. But the only thing that matters is that there's going to be the guy who won the election. And this is what I say to the guy, Michael, who tweeted in. If So so what do you want? Do you, what, what, what do you want to have happen? Because you're mad that Russia hacked the DNC but wasn't able to hack the RNC because one had better security than the other. Do you want it? What you're going to redo the election? You're going to throw Trump out of office? You're going to overturn the votes of at least 65 million Americans? Is that... Because that's what I want to hear from these people who say Trump can't be inaugurated. Something else must happen. As you know, George, I am no Trump fan. I did not vote for Donald Trump. If we had it to do over again, I still wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. But he won the damn election. I put up with Obama for eight years, eight disastrous years. You can see the disaster in Syria, in Ukraine, in Crimea, in Germany, in our economy, in our healthcare system. Eight years of disaster. And at no point did I say President Obama yeah. shouldn't be president or blah, blah, blah. This is. The, but the, I said the, it in November, though. You were wrong in November, and you're wrong now. It was an election for the president of America. You, had, you should have voted for somebody. That was your bounden duty to no. vote. No, absolutely not. You got to get It's up to the parties to give me someone I can vote for, and, and they didn't. And that, but that's that. My point is that's all the okay. past. Okay. How's, 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 I want to answer a question, though. You said, will there be a million people? Here's who they'll be they'll be Donald Trump. A Supreme Court justice and a Bible. And that's all it takes because at that point, you are the president. And all the screaming and whining and all the tweets about, well, he shouldn't be president. You know, if you didn't want to be president, then why not nominate somebody who could beat him? Hillary Clinton was given the lowest bar ever in the history of American politics. All she had to do was beat Donald Trump. And she was such an awful candidate. And her ideas are so dis- in disrepute that she couldn't. But the really interesting thing, Trump started this. He, he sort of said, you know, the, the election may be unfair and I may not accept it and everything else. And all the lefties went bananas. How dare he say that he won't accept the election result? Then the election result comes out and all the lefties go, we're not accepting the election result. I think the contradictions currently on the whole Trump thing, not just in America, but around the globe, is extraordinary. We've, and I think part of the reason is that the most powerful people in all of this is the media. And the media, uh, 95% of the media are left-wing liberals and they're going bananas and then they're, they're, they're leading everybody else down the track. America is a nation divided, no doubt about it. We have been since at least 2001. But the one place in America where there is almost total uniformity and union is our American newsrooms. Everybody looks at other people who agree with them on everything. They never check. They don't doubt. They don't ask for more information. They're incapable of self-introspection. And so they march like they know that Trump is evil. And therefore, we don't need journalism anymore. We don't need reporting anymore. We'll take a 35 page dossier put together by a a failed uh, intelligence agent for money on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign. Pretend that it's news and dump it out. That's 
the climate that we're in. And, you know, the, the problem is where are the grownups left in the room? Because Donald Trump isn't a grownup. The, the lefties certainly aren't grownups. We are awfully short on adults in the American. No, but, uh, OK, a couple of things. So Trump has a 40 percent approval rating. Listener says, you know, he has a lot to blame himself for. It's really interesting, though, when you take that figure, 70 percent of the people who voted for Trump still think he's a great guy. But the problem is only 10% of the people who didn't vote for him think he's a good guy, which brings him down to 40%. I mean, you couldn't possibly, when Obama got elected the first time and he had a 64% approval rating, you, you had to say this is great, a black guy in the White House, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, it, it, this doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter what his... Uh, a approval rating is. I'm telling you something now. At the end of four years, uh, Trump may be uh, as economically gifted, and this is by your standards, as your pal Ronald Reagan, because Trump is going to develop Reaganomics, who were once described as voodoo economics. He's uh-huh. going to deliver for the U.S. Well, it, it, the only way that Donald Trump can move forward with the idea of re-election or whatever is results, period. You know, he's the polar opposite. It's funny how we have these elections. You know, uh, Barack Obama was uh, elected on the platform of, I promise not to be George W. Bush. And so he did stupid things like abandoning the, the Middle East to ISIS to prove that he's not George W. Bush. Donald Trump, I'm not going to be Barack Obama. And uh, he certainly is not because Barack Obama was re-elected despite a horrible performance, once again, separate from whether you like him or his ideas, whatever. He just, the first four years stunk, and yet he got reelected anyway. Trump has no hope of that. Trump has to over-deliver on results. People have to go to bed going, you know, I thought the guy was nutty, and I certainly think he's a jerk, and I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but he knows how to do the job of president. I'm going to vote for him again. That's Trump's only possibility. The other thing he might be able to do, he's helping on my mission of discrediting the mainstream media, letting everybody know that it's been a biased hack job you know, for my entire adult lifetime. He may also succeed in discrediting government. And if those two things could happen, I, Michael Graham, would be the happiest guy in the U.S. of A. And he will. I believe that. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to he's going to follow Reaganomics. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you'll get the opportunity to analyze it every Tuesday, round about uh, this time, from Washington D.C. Michael Graham. In just a moment, just back from Egypt, Eamon Ryan of the Green Party is in the studio. He visited with a, a delegation, Ibrahim Halawa, of course, who's in jail over there. Him being. Now, citizen and all.